They say if you look into a mirror and say Candyman five times, that he appears behind you, breathing down your neck, and kills you with his hook for a hand. We were brave enough to try it last week, but are we brave enough to try it again, Captain? You know, this sounds kind of familiar here. Uh, yeah, it's definitely familiar territory. <laughs> are we doing the same exact movie? You'd think so by the title. It's uh, yeah. Candyman, but no. <laughs> it's a uh, sequel, I guess, a, a sort of spiritual sequel is what they called it in the marketing. But I think it's more of just kind of a straight-up sequel um, it was to, for to, sure. to the original movie. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, we're looking at this new movie. We uh, hinted at it last week. Uh, we're super excited about it because it's been like 25, 30 years almost since the original movie. But the last one, uh, I think it was Day of the Dead, was like 2000 or something like that. And we won't talk about that one too much. <laughs> but we can't talk about the second one, Farewell to the Flesh, because it's actually, uh, from what I hear, pretty good. But uh, th this new one, directed by uh, Nia DaCosta, produced by uh, Jordan Peele, uh, it's sort of a recalibration of the series. It's sort of like the thing to do now with horror movies is to just call the new one, <clears throat> excuse me, the uh, the title of the original movie, but it's it's a sort of a sequel that ignores all the other sequels. You know, like the new Halloween did that. Right. There's some right. other ones that did so it. So it only takes into account the the OG. Yeah, and it's right. sort of it's doing like its own thing. So like you know right. the original Candyman, we talked about it a bit. Uh, has been criticized for taking a sort of white perspective at the Cabrini Green, uh, you know, uh, setting. And right. and uh, so this new movie has a black perspective and it's told from the perspective of characters who live in a now largely gentrified Cabrini Green. And it's sort of their experience rediscovering the legend of Candyman uh, for a new generation, I guess you'd say. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, the, this film was much anticipated and they you know shot it at least i don't know if they shot it all but they shot a good chunk of it in chicago which mm -hmm. is always cool um so shout out to yeah did, it was it all of it cool yep, yep so shout out to the chicago crew and any actors or whoever worked on this film i'm sure i know somebody who worked on it so yeah I congrats think I to you school. yeah yeah for sure so that's awesome and you know i think you know just i mean i've always lived in chicago my 33 years of life on this planet so um you know for me i, I think there's just uh you know i i tend to like films that are that are centered around my hometown <laughs> so uh yeah man let's uh let's dive right into it because yeah, uh, it. i'm excited i'm sure there's a lot of stuff we got to talk about so you know sit back uh, say Candyman five times in the mirror and come check this out. This is Those Who Remain. So, Candyman. Candyman. 2021. <laughs> So we should probably, we should oh, probably yeah. spoiler do alert. the spoiler alert. <laughs> Absolutely. So we're going to hit you with the spoiler alert for this new Candyman movie. We're going to spoil the fuck out of this movie. It just came out last Friday. So, you know, obviously not everyone has seen it. So here comes our spoiler alert. We're going to be talking about heavy spoilers in this movie. We're going to be talking about all the, the stuff everyone's been itching to know about. How does Candyman get brought back? Is Tony Todd in the movie? Is Helen in the movie? 
uh, uh, excuse me, how, do, how much uh, does this movie even dip into the original movie? We're going to get into all of that and more. So if you haven't seen it, pause the show, go to your local uh, movie theater, give it a watch, and come back and check out our breakdown of Candyman 2021. 2021. Dare to say his name. But I guess it was supposed to be Candyman 2020, but it got postponed. It did the, get pushed back. The pandemic. But yeah, yeah it, I, this has been one I've been really excited to see um, yeah, even before I, the, the pandemic. But that, that made it even worse because it's like oh, another year. <laughs> yeah, there's I mean, there's a, f- a few things that got pu- pushed back, you know, during this stupid ass pandemic. And, mm-hmm. you know, this uh, this was one of them. And, and I think for horror people like us and, and you know, people we know, I, I know a bunch of people were just bummed that this got pushed. So but hey, now it's out. We all yeah, get to go out. see it. You know, we went to the theater to see it. Um, I don't know if it will be on. Will it be on streaming? Sometime? I heard that I it think, was going to be on HBO Max at some point, but I don't oh, know. I don't know about that because it's, it's it's universal. So it might. I, but uh, yeah, uh, I know. I don't know. Yeah, like I'm not sure about that, but it, it, I'm sure like Fast and the Furious and all the other movies that are coming out like a month later, you'll be able to pay 20 bucks and watch it from yeah, home. Right, right. Which I, I totally will. <laughs> I still don't know how I feel about that, to be honest, but yeah. that, that's okay. Um, what's what's that, the whole the whole process <laughs> of renting movies that way? You know, it's just like, I don't know. It's just like too much for me, I feel like. Yeah. Even though I know I'll, even though I know I'll pay, you know, the same amount or a little bit more at a movie theater. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't I know. You. Like, I, I, I think I would, I, I think personally I would feel more comfortable with like 10 bucks. Yeah. Not that and 20 you, and, bucks is, is terrible, you, but. It's like uh, for the 20 bucks, you get it for like 48 hours. So if you really like right. it, it's a great deal. Cause you can watch the movie like a bunch of times, but if you True. don't, if you don't like the movie, you're like, shit, I'm stuck with like, God damn X movie <laughs> for, you know, right. and there's this certain, like for me, the whole streaming thing has been pretty great because there's just movies right now that I wouldn't want to risk going to the theater totally, for. Like totally. my, my, my kid's like, dad, can we go see Paw Patrol in the theater? And I'm like, <laughs> probably not Paw Patrol. So I look up, it's on Paramount Plus. Thank, yeah, thank you. Thank you guys for doing that. And they did that <laughs> with like Boss Baby and a bunch of other stuff because I think they know they're like, yeah, people want to watch these, but they're happy to pay like eight bucks to watch them on their phone, you know, or on their yeah. TV. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've definitely watched a fair share of, you know, streaming pandemic movies, but but most of them were were free. They were just released, you know, through a on, eight, on hbo max or netflix or whatever it may be so yeah. you know i kind of like that more if i don't have to pay movie theater prices at my own home but hey you know people gotta make money i get it yeah absolutely <laughs> so uh let's get into this uh storyline synopsis yes. this is a this is a little bit longer so you'll have uh, a little bit more work cut out for you for doing a little score for oh, it well. nate but actually it's probably a, a, a good thing yeah <laughs> So I'm totally going to fuck this up because it's it's a little long, but I'll do my best. <laughs> In present day, many years. <laughs> fuck. Five words in. <laughs> In present day, many years after the last of the Cabrini Towers were torn down, Anthony and his partner move into a loft in the... God damn it, dude. This is not going to happen. Uh you know, I, could do, I could do it. We're just going to skip it. Yeah, I can't read today. In present day, 
Many years after the last of the Cabrini Towers were torn down, Anthony and his partner move into a loft in the now gentrified Cabrini Green. A chance encounter with an old-timer exposes Anthony to the true story behind Candyman. Anxious to use these macabre details in his studio as fresh grist for his paintings, he unknowingly opens a door to a complex past that unravels his own sanity and unleashes a terrifying wave of violence. Beautiful. Good job. You know, in school, I was—I always volunteered to like read an English class. If they're like, "Who wants to read?" I was like, "I like that." I hated it. I, I kind of get into like a flow where I get ahead of my actual brain as far as like my mouth is like a paragraph ahead or something. It's yeah, I try and do that, and then I forget words as I go, yeah. and then yeah, it's terrible. And, well, and I'm I, sh- do, I do a little bit of voiceover work here and there. There you go. Well, I'm but sure I just I just do multiple takes. I just do a whole <laughs> yeah, shit ton of takes. Yeah, and you, 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 you like eventually you get there. You know, I just yeah, it's yeah. not everyone's thing. So, so anyway. so anyway, yeah. So this new movie opens up um, immediately, and it's I didn't even notice at first because I'm so used to just the logos, but like the logos are backwards, like they're in a mirror. <laughs> so funny then, thing about that, I'm pretty sure there were people in my theater that were like they thought that the movie was like playing like wrong <laughs> like oh, yeah. like they're like is this is this right is this flipped what what's going on like because that's hilarious. you know the universal logo is backwards and then, then all the fucking title cards are backwards which was uh-huh. i guess kind of cool i mean and it's uh over the soundtrack i'm pretty sure it's the sammy davis jr version of the of the candy man from yeah. Willy wonka right this is awesome like upbeat version of the song that's playing over all the uh opening uh titles and right. then uh it like kind of winds down like a record player slowing down like it's like you're in the country <laughs> and then it just cuts it, like this opening score uh i think it's called sweets mm-hmm. off the soundtrack it, it kind of sounds like a little bit of a philip class vibe where it's like these like it's just this like motif of like four notes like and then we immediately um see like the the puppets for the puppet show stuff for the first time and it's something that's a, a motif through the movie. And um, I've watched like interviews with Nia DaCosta where she talks about how they use the shadow puppets as a, uh, a sort of storytelling method because not only is it like super artsy looking, but uh, it's sort of like a prism for looking at like these really horrible things that happen, you know? Cause like they're like, uh, she was saying that like they didn't really want to show a sure. lot of like the violence against the people that were made into like uh candy men throughout time so this is just like a sort of way of showing it where it wasn't as 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 like you know awful to watch and also yeah. uh, i think the company that did those shadow puppets is based out of chicago so they oh, kept cool. yeah they kept like all of it in, in the city which is really cool that's awesome um and yeah i think it was just a, a really uh powerful way to tell those little little stories those vignettes yeah. or whatever They're really stylish um, and like super haunting with the music and everything oh, yeah yeah. And it's just a way of making uh, exposition more interesting because, like, otherwise it's just like you're just filming someone telling the story, and you know, it's a little bit boring after a while. Right. Yeah. Definitely. Uh. A, a, you know, something that that isn't by any means new, um, but you very cool. cool way. Very cool. And I think it's the character uh, Billy, as a young boy who's who's playing with the puppets, and he's uh he's like showing uh, police chasing down. A, a black man and like telling him to put his hands up and, and then yeah. his, his like mom interrupts him and he has to go put laundry downstairs 
and um, which is pretty awesome foreshadowing because this character grows up to be William Burke uh, later on in the movie who owns a laundromat. So like his character is always doing laundry. And I watched uh, like this video essay on the movie uh, on the movie where they pointed out where uh, this movie sort of about cycles of violence and his characters like doing cycles of laundry all the time. So that's just sort of like a little way of putting that in the movie. I wonder um, if like anyone actually gets that or know? if it's even that that on the nose intentional but i would like right. to think so because it's like he's doing a cycle of laundry you know and he i get it yeah but... uh, i don't know but uh so he goes downstairs in this really kind of creepy laundromat and uh, i don't know if you've had one of these but my old building when i first moved to chicago totally had like the timer light and <laughs> I, I thought they used that really well in the movie uh, in the movie because it always turns off at the wrong time when you're at least of expecting course. it and you're like oh fuck yeah uh, so but he walks by like this big hole in the wall mm-hmm. and then like a piece of candy fucking flies out yeah, of it and right. just lands on the ground and he just like freezes and then out walks sherman fields who's a a a man wearing this coat that's very similar to the sort of the one that that candy man wears you know like the sort of long jacket with like the the frills on the uh the the wrists and on the neck and he actually has uh instead of like a hook jammed into his wrist he's He's just got a hook hand (laughs) yeah he's just just a man with a sort of physical disability that has a hook prosthesis prosthesis Mm -hmm. on his on his arm and he's just this sort of interesting guy who walks around the neighborhood handing out candy to the kids Mm -hmm. and uh he doesn't hurt anybody he's an innocent not quite sure why he's uh roaming around in holes in the wall but i think it's because the cops are looking for him (laughs) because uh you know i mean yeah i guess like they they show that when uh billy's walking down to do laundry the cops they immediately establish that the cops are like this like imposing force at cabrini green that are just kind of like always there always there just sitting there waiting for something to happen right yeah and one of the cops is like like whistles at billy and then shows him like a little flyer that says have you seen this man right so it's like i think sherman's probably hiding but then he sees a kid and can't and can't you know like fight his own good nature to want to give candy to a child and that's ultimately what fucks him over because he scares the shit out of this kid and then the kid screams and the cops hear it and then that's sort of where we we leave it for now (laughs) Don't take candy from strangers, kids. That's the moral. <laughs> I mean, the moral is cops shouldn't be fucking. I know. I shoot know. first, ask questions later. But yeah, like, oh, dude, 100%. man, if there was someone handing out candy, like, I think my my parents have just, or maybe it's just like, yeah, I grew up in a sort of in the '90s in an era where it was like, don't trust strangers. But like, I don't know. Yeah, this is like the '70s, right? This opening bit. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. So, but. So that that's how the movie opens, and then we, we gotta talk about the fucking awesome opening credits. Oh, do you want to describe them? Yeah. So, um, and I keep it's so funny because when we watched Candyman nineteen ninety two yep. last week, um, it was just so funny because that opening shot it's like the first sky like helicopter sky cam shot ever in a movie, mm-hmm. and uh, it's going down Wells Street. And I was like legit the next day driving down that exact street. I'm like, oh man, this is so cool. Like they were doing this 30 fucking years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so this movie did something a little similar, but they kind of flipped it on its head. And instead of shooting from, you know, the sky down onto the street, they were at street level looking up at the buildings and these really 
really interesting, unique angles with fog, like covering the tops of the buildings. Like the buildings are disappearing into the fog. Yeah, exactly. I wonder if they were like, okay, we want to do this. We just got to wait for the right day. So someone keep a a watch on the weather and what the the buildings look like. And if it's like the right day, just you guys go out as like a skeleton crew and just get these shots. I wonder if, I mean, do you think, do you think they were legit? Like, or do you think they were, you I know, think they, they shot it and then they kind of, you know, digitally put in some shit? <laughs> they, I mean, I it's don't po- know. It's possible, but I've definitely been work, like walking around in the loop. On I days have too. Like that. I have too, but you got to so, get like, yeah. it's, that's not every day, man. Well, they've <laughs> been, they, they were there like, sure. You know, I think like a month, maybe like yeah, 45 well, days. Maybe so, they got yeah, really fucking lucky. I, I would like to hope it was all practical and they just flipped it upside right. down and did a little bit of post magic to color it, but it's so right. cool. And, and that music was, is is um you know it's not philip glass so it's you know if if that's what you're expecting you're probably gonna be a little Mm -hmm. bummed out even though you do get a little bit of it in this movie um uh it's but it's it's fucking awesome i'm a big fan of the of the new score the only the only thing that i wish so in the original movie that shot was just all one long slow shot i almost wish that they did that for this one too Mm -hmm. but i get like it wouldn't have worked exactly the same because mm-hmm. you know it, it's not skyscraper after sky you know like they needed tall buildings for this to work well mm-hmm. so they had to cut but it would have been so cool if they shot if they actually went to wells pointed the camera up and then just you know drove a mile down and got that would have been really cool yeah but for sure. you know you know hey you gotta do what you gotta do yeah. uh but yeah so uh yeah let, let, let's uh get more into it we're only at... yeah we just got through the credits oh my so, god okay so so now at, at this point we we catch up with or i guess we meet for the first time who's going to be our main character anthony mccoy and he's uh he's an artist and he's living with uh his girlfriend brianna and she uh she works like i forget the name of that position but she like is basically the person that runs exhibits at at like you know museums and stuff she right. like uh, schedules you know and, and sets up like the artists and everything man i'm such an idiot i'm forgetting what that job's called <clears throat> yeah i'm too i know what you're talking about anyway that's what she does and she uh hangs out with you know this, this sort of, yeah, yeah yeah exactly she's a curator and she hangs out with sort of the uh you know the the artsy crowd in chicago and, and everyone's you know on the pulse of what's cool and and happening in the art scene and uh Anthony's sort of on the brink of stalling. Like he did like some awesome showcase right out of grad school, but then it's been a couple years and everyone's kind of like, what are you doing? You know? So uh, that's his whole thing. And at the beginning of the movie, they're hanging out with uh, Brianna's brother, Troy, who I thought was awesome in this movie. Yeah, he was great. He was and great. Uh, Troy's boyfriend. Uh, and uh, Troy tells them the story of Helen. And it's interesting, you know, because Helen has now basically become, a candy man or a sort of urban legend and uh the version that troy tells is is a bit different than what really happened like it's like almost like helen snapped and then was gonna throw this baby into the fire but the crowd stopped her and right. um i think that's just an interesting comment on how you know it's like urban legends uh are almost like that game of telephone where it's like it's it who's telling the story is just as important as the details of the story itself because the storyteller is going to change certain things and uh they're going to you know alter the story based on their own experiences totally so that's just a cool little scene and, and you get the music from the original movie there and then uh yeah so basically uh anthony is trying to 
you know figure out something to do so he uh he's like trying to find his next uh you know his, his muse for yeah, <laughs> whatever is, you want to call it you know for his next painting yeah and trying to find your next muse is like the worst fucking endeavor you can have because it's like it's just gonna happen like, I was just gonna say it's not something you should just like try and I'm gonna find. go ill find yeah. you. I mean, you could certainly be inspired you know? by things, yeah, but like right. to be like I'm gonna like so so he's talking. I think it's this douchebag Clive character, right? Who's like an art uh, uh, exhibitor as well, and he's basically trying to tell Anthony who he is as an artist. Like he's like, here's what you gotta do, man. Do something like about like where you're from, right? And he's all like, uh, yeah, okay. And he's like, no, but like the south side's overplayed. And he's like, oh, what about uh, Cabrini Green? So he's like, okay, whatever. So Anthony goes to check out Cabrini Green, and it's like largely been gentrified, and all the you know the high rises have been torn down as of 2011. And Mm -hmm. uh, he's walking around and checking out stuff, and he sees like this burned out church. And when, when he's taking pictures, he gets stung by a bee. And then the, the bee falls to the grass and it gets like attacked and carried away by all these ants, which I never thought about, but someone pointed out, which is kind of like a metaphor for the story of Candyman, what happened to him. He's getting like attacked and like dragged away by a mob of ants. Yeah. Yeah, for I, sure. I didn't, didn't even think about it that way. But yeah, it's very like, cool. Yeah. It's yeah. Um, so he gets stung and he's like, oh, fuck, what the hell? And uh, he doesn't know it yet, but that was like a magical cursed bee. <laughs> and um he it's gonna slowly i don't know if, if you are uh, a big fan uh, of the cronenberg movie the fly yep uh but this movie took i know the director uh nia DaCosta directly said herself that this movie is inspired by the fly because there's some body horror stuff in it right where they're like oh yeah anthony is slowly sort of becoming something else he's transforming and it's sort, sort of slowly rots out from that bee sting on his hand but for now, it's not that magical bad. Beast yeah, it's a magical cursed beasting. That's right. I was like, what the fuck? Because it's kind of so con- it, it's kind of confusing lore-wise because like Candyman is similar to Freddy Krueger, where he only has power so long as people are talking about him. And the vibe I got was that Candyman has sort of died down a bit. Like people aren't really talking about him too much, you know. Um, except maybe some certain people that are uh, still living in uh, you know the. Uh, ca- ca- Cabrini Green area. So um that's why Sherman Fields is like sort of the version that we see at the beginning of the movie because he's like the latest version of of the the mythos, right? So I totally agree. Yeah, that's a really good point. I I kind of felt like and I'm going to say it but it's going to ruin the end of the movie, but that's okay, whatever. Um you know, we're talking about it anyway. So fucking spoiler alert if I'm jumping ahead, sorry, but I you know, I felt like if we go back to the first movie, Candyman, like essentially dies <laughs> you know like yeah. he like like he, he i mean you know he's already dead but like he gets he gets fucked <laughs> in that in at the end of that movie Dab and, in the chest yeah so like he so to me he died he lost his pot whatever happened but yeah. then he, he he was able to come back through anthony and you know i mean we know at the end of the movie Sorry for jumping so far ahead, but it just it, it kind of all tied into what we were just talking about. But you know, he needed some way to come back, and that's how he did it. But I also like that you know now people are talking about like this that Anthony is painting these paintings or you know, trying to find this, and and people start talking about it again. That's also really cool. I think it's almost like Helen fucked up his plan because oh, 
Oh, she totally she, did. She was supposed to die with him and the baby, and then yeah. you know, kind of become a, another legend to tell. But right. she stopped him, saved the baby, uh, yeah. and, and she became sort of the new Candyman. And right. uh, you also see like Jake at her funeral drops the hook in, yeah. and she sort of is the new version of that character and then he kind of fades into the background a little bit you know right, right much like right, freddy right. krueger like in freddy versus jason where he's like no one believes in me anymore <laughs> and so um that's just that's to me the whole thing and i i yeah. really i really like uh the sherman fields character i think that that actor michael Har- uh, hargrove was awesome i think he mm-hmm. like the way that they um they disfigure his face is so sad and it's just yeah. like you know because it's inspired by some, some real shit you know yeah, and it's like um sure. so yeah so um uh so basically uh anthony uh starts doing some research and learning about the history of innocent uh black people who have been you know killed by police in the cabrini green area and it, uh, he starts incorporating it into his artwork and he mm-hmm. uh, eventually meets william burke who's the grown-up character of uh billy and uh, he's, you know, sort of like, I guess, the resident story keeper. He's the person that's sort <laughs> yeah. of keeping the mythos of Candyman alive. And he tells Anthony the story of Daniel Robitaille, the original Candyman, yeah. Tony Todd. Oh, um, yeah. Shout out to Tony Todd. Yeah. And and um, the director, she was saying it was really important to her to actually have, like, you know, a Black character say this story this time and to be able to say it with, like, empathy as opposed to like in the original it's like this like cold academic white guy who's like poor candy man and like he's just being a dick um so like he knew what would happen yeah like he's such a fuck about it and then um but william burke he's he it makes him mad you know and it also makes it it's you know it's like traumatizing and he Uh even points out it's like a loop it's like this stuff keeps happening and happening and Candyman is basically the community's way of sort of synthesizing all of these fears into one thing that lets them express it. And um, a whole damn hive. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's not just one person. He's, yeah. he's a bunch of people. Yeah. And I think that's awesome because it, uh, it blows out the sort of mythology and it makes him even more powerful. Cause like we were saying earlier, it's almost like he's like this, this big entity like the house on haunted uh, hill at the end how there's like this big ma- mass of spirits um like so that's like any man he's not just one spirit he's all of these angry vengeful excuse me spirits of people that were wrongfully killed and didn't want to become legends they're just people that had their own yep. stories you know right so yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and, and that's basically what this movie is going for in a in a couple of minutes i suppose but like there's a lot more to it with like the suspense scenes and basically what, what's happening is that anthony puts together a a uh, little ex- a, a exhibit showcase that uh, brianna is able to hook him up and get him in there right. and everyone's talking shit about him like oh anthony wouldn't even be in here if brianna wasn't his girlfriend yeah, right. which i guess is t- kind of true but at the same time you have to be a jerk and say it um but you know the the, the people that go to these things like they're drinking the free wine and they're having fun <laughs> you know talking about art and stuff and there's like this one critic that is super fucking mean i yeah. think her name's finley and she goes up to him and she like yeah she's looking at his piece which is like basically a mirror that you can open up and you see all these paintings of you know people being uh accosted and yeah. uh the the art piece is called uh say his name mm-hmm. and uh 
Anthony goes up to her and is like, so what do you think? And he, I mean, he did ask, but she doesn't have to be really mean, but basically she's like, oh, this fucking sucks. Whoever did this big piece of shit. Yeah, he's like, much. oh, ready to, and yeah, he, he basically uh, just kind of gets tired of being around all those fucking hyena people. It's like, they're I, like, they're I don't vicious. understand art people, man, like painting people. Yeah, I don't really get that whole scene either, man, but like, um, I know people who are like super into it and, I, and I'm and I'm always super curious about what goes into that because I just don't think I have what it takes to be dude it nothing goes into it it's fucking half of the time it's garbage like it's fucking it's just like what's your interpretation yeah uh, it's like I, I fuck think... you dude like it's so I hate oh god don't get me started on art man like that like sorry not all art like there's some beautiful shit out there don't get me wrong but like it's mainly I have a problem with like the modern art the shit where it's hey look at this painting this is called red and it's just a red fucking painting that anyone can fucking do fuck off like this this doesn't mean shit go fuck off everyone uh, is like oh it's brilliant yeah no no it's not brilliant but didn't that that guy do the thing where he uh sold a painting for like thousands and thousands of dollars but then as soon as it got auctioned off it just got shredded yeah it was fucking uh what's his face the fucking a street artist uh oh my god what the fuck's his name they they i think they have an exhibit in chicago on him oh, okay. uh banksy mm-hmm. yeah that was his yeah i thought, <laughs> they, they, I thought they, that was a good point he, yeah uh, to, to make yeah it, it's so, all anyway i could go on and yeah, on about yeah. how i hate, hate painting yeah, dang, anyway. kevin you got fired up there for a second dude i hate it it's so um yeah, so basically, people start dying because yeah, you know they're like, oh, I'll see Katie. And the first person to do it is Joy Division girl. Uh, mm. I think her name is Jerica. She's the the girlfriend of Clive, the douchebag guy. Yeah. I think that's right. But uh, she's yep, like yep, trying right. to hook. She's trying to hook up with him after they closed up, and she's like, "Come on, let's say his name, Candyman." He's like, "What the yeah. fuck are you doing?" Yeah. And um, so you know, lo and behold. Candyman shows up and I, I think in this movie one of the things that they do really really well is that they show only show Candyman killing people mostly through mirrors through mirrors yep and it's 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 a pretty awesome stylish choice and um like this first kill is pretty awesome with like the the shadows and the silhouettes and everything like that but then basically uh we see in the morning like a new a, a news report of it and when Anthony, uh, Anthony sees that you know the killings are oddly reminiscent of Candyman, the story from his art exhibit. He's like, they said my name. <laughs> they said my name. Like he's more excited yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah. They're like, uh, you know, these two people just died. He's like, well, yeah, well, oh, yeah, yeah. But they're sorry. talking about me. Yeah, they're talking about me though. Which is, it, I think it's cool that there's a parallel between him and Candyman, where it's like both of them are just sort of looking for like, you know, to be um, immortal, basically, or to to sort of do something that's gonna like laugh something yeah do something everlasting or whatever right so um yeah so basically uh bodies start piling up uh the the art critic that was really mean to anthony now all of a sudden wants to meet up with him at her place Uh, just to talk about him because he's kind of a hot commodity now right uh brianna starts having meetings with different curators from like way fancier places that she thinks it's because of her own 
background and stuff but uh also she she finds the bodies of clive and jerica so and this reminds her of how she saw her own father who's a troubled artist commit suicide as as a child so um as the movie goes on and anthony kind of kind of cracks and becomes unraveled brianna's character you feel so bad for her because she's like oh my god i'm dating my dad this guy's (laughs) going fucking crazy over this art like my dad did and she can't stop it and it's so sad man seeing that sort of cycle and that plays into the idea of cycles too right um so uh, there's the whole thing where they're talking about who the fuck would say Candyman man five times in the mirror. And then it cuts to this like high school girl who we saw oh, for like a, right, right, a right. second at the uh, exhibit. And she like gets her, her um, friends together in the bathroom. And it's that scene from the trailer that I was like, this seems really random. How's this fit in? And I was really happy to see it actually does make some, some sense, um, yeah. but they all get fucking just devastated <laughs> you don't really see a lot of it you just kind of don't see, you hear it but like that's even worse in a lot of ways you know like that the whole gutting noises and stuff um you know i think it's always um you know it, it's always the fear of like the unknown and you know like like you do see things in this movie of course but like yeah i always hate the horror movies that just lay it all out for you it's like oh here's the killer here uh-huh. he is yeah we're gonna show him for the whole movie uh-huh. and it's like okay well this like takes the mystery out of yeah. it a little bit and it works in some cases depending on the kind of film it is but you know i just you know less is more in this that like if you don't know like it's it can be scary man <laughs> well also so. um like when finley the, the critic dies her death is amazing because like it's not oh. a, it's not up close and personal it's this like so wide cool. shot where we yeah, pull out of like yeah where it's like, like a dolly back outside yeah. of her building oh and you don't hear so anything cool. you don't see candy man you just see her get raised off the ground by her jaw and then slammed into the glass <laughs> and dragged yeah. across it yeah. and then you see other people in their apartments just going about their normal stuff because they don't know it was and, very uh, uh very like rear window yeah you felt like a voyeur watching right? something you weren't supposed to be watching and i think yeah. that yeah like i i love that stuff in this movie and it's all super so intentional because cool. it's like watching the the violence as like an outsider yeah. and um the same thing in the bathroom like there's a girl that's taking a dump or something when all this happens with her headphones <laughs> on and she's right. she like looks at the at like a compact that spills on the ground and right. she sees like um, I think it's the Sherman Fields version of Candyman, like floating, and it's like yeah. you only yeah. see Candyman float twice in the movie, I think. But yeah. it's fucking awesome both times. That's one of them. Um, so yeah, basically, as the bodies are are the the sort of body count is rising, uh, people are directly suspicious of Anthony now because the bathroom killing the words say his name are written in blood on the wall. <laughs> so he's an obvious suspect, and. Uh, his his uh his bee boo boo is getting worse and it's growing and it's sort of like he's he's, yeah he's he's peeling it and it's it's really gnarly it's totally like um jeff goldblum like his fingernail comes off and it's like yeah yeah, so he goes to the hospital to get it looked at and um the doctor's like oh hey you were born here which i don't know if they would say that or not um but like it 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 works for the story because he finds out because he thought he was born on the south side and he's like wait what so he yep. finally he finally stops procrastinating and goes to visit his mom who we see as the character uh Anne Marie McCoy which I love seeing her back even if it's so just cool. for the one scene right and so cool. um we kind of get the vibe that they have a little bit of like an estranged relationship 
right well so uh well brianna throughout like the entire you know first act of the movie is like talking about like him seeing his mom or whatever or or, yeah she's like we call that woman she thinks that i'm giving you money to not call her (laughs) yeah so like he finally goes over to her house and and he kind of confronts her about it and and she kind of lays it out on the table and he finds out that the baby that was in the fire long ago 30 years ago or however long ago was him Mm kind of crazy yeah how it goes full circle like that yeah i love that and love then that, that so much Anne marie explains that the story's kind of got it wrong and that helen was actually right. trying to save him right and uh, it's just basically everything kind of comes to a head and she you know is like i i, I lied to you because i wanted you to grow up normal and happy and he's like how normal do i look mom yeah because his yeah. like face is rot rotting off and she's basically like i you know i guess he had plans for you to become another one of his awful stories yeah. And um, yeah, he basically just takes off and he he is in, I guess they, I've, I've never heard this state until Troy said, or uh, this term until Troy said it, uh, says it in the movie, but he goes into like a fugue state where it's like, mm. he's like in a trance, like Helen basically, and he gets yeah. drawn back to sort of the, the row homes at uh, Cabrini Green yeah. and uh, uh, William Burke, I guess, kidnaps him yeah. and we don't really see what happens to him. And then at this point, uh, the narrative sort of shifts to Brianna as the main character. And right. uh, she, you know, goes through all of Anthony's research and figures out, you know, that he went to a laundromat. So she goes there to investigate. Yeah, she like a, a business card or something. Right? Yeah, yeah. And she yeah. goes back and checks it out and she ends up getting like knocked out by William. And he's like, finally, we have a witness. And at this point, I'm not huge on this part of the movie because I thought that this is like kind of a random twist for this character mm-hmm. for William Burke and he, the way he was acting like the character like his face was like twitching a bunch and I was like okay he's just acting crazy now right. but like I thought it was a little like over the top but that actor is fantastic so I just like thought it was just kind of a weird turn to take with with the sure. William Burke character but he's essentially someone who's trying to recreate the excuse me, the uh, Candyman legend with anthony and he knew who anthony was when he introduced himself yep uh he like points at him and goes oh you know so uh he's gonna take anthony and uh saw off his his hand and anthony like you know i don't know how much of it he feels but he has like a single tear go down his face yeah and then uh he's, he's like, like just so out of it at, like you know in that that trance that it's like you know, he almost doesn't feel it's weird yeah and it's, it's really it's, weird it's cool how this happens all in that burned out church because uh Candyman describes his followers as his congregation in the first movie. So that's sort of right. like a way of bringing it back to that. Right. And um, I think it says sweets to the suite above the arch of the church and stuff. Yeah, I so, think so, yeah. Uh, he pulls out a hook and he's like, some things you just have to do for tradition's sake. And he like jams the hook in, into the stump and, uh, you know, puts on the coat and yep. basically makes a new Candyman out of Anthony. And then uh, he calls the cops and has him show up and, uh but before this uh brianna ends up stabbing william with like a shard of a mirror a piece of glass and kills Mm -hmm. him and um anthony you know sort of like collapses and then right when the cops show up they shoot him even though he's not posing a threat to them right and the the cops uh take in brianna and they basically tell her like look you're going to cooperate with us and you're going to agree that he attacked us and that we were just uh, reacting out of self-defense or we're going to have you go down as his accomplice. So right. she, she's like, 
fuck, you know what? I'll do whatever you want as long as you let me look at myself in the rearview mirror. And yeah, this right. is such a cool twist on the idea of summoning Candyman. So for the first time, Candyman isn't like this villain to be scared of. He's like a fucking like avenging ghost. Like right. he shows up and fucks these cops up. And <laughs> yeah. like it goes back to that awesome like uh, uh, song "Sweets" from the from the opening of the movie. Uh-huh. And he, uh, which after she calls Candyman, and you just see this cop stagger out of the the building, holding his bleeding throat. And then yeah. when the camera moves over, you see Candyman standing over there, which is now Anthony, and he just guts these motherfuckers and kills them all. Yep. And uh, the doors unlock, and she's able to get out. And she sees him float, and there's just this massive cloud of bees over his face. And uh, as he's walking around the car, you can see the reflection of his face change into all of these, you know, all these different black men who have been killed by the police mm-hmm. on that spot because it's like it's like a cycle, like a, a stain of violence in that area on that one spot. Right. Right. So. Um, yeah, Brianna gets out and sees him kill the last of the cops and he floats over. And uh what happens, Kevin? Best part of the fucking movie, man. Fucking our our hero, yep. Tony Todd, is is uh formed out of the bees and yep. uh he says, Tell everybody or tell everyone, tell yep. everyone. Yeah. So and, cool. Yep, and then cut to credits. Oh, fucking cool. That got like a round of applause at the screening I was at. Yeah, see, for me, it didn't because I don't think anyone knew who the fuck that was. That sucks. <laughs> I think I, I just think they were just like, who the fuck is this guy? We haven't seen this guy before. <laughs> the, cr- the crowd uh, at my theater, you could tell it was a lot of families of like parents who knew the movie that were taking their kids for the first time. Gotcha. So there was like a real sense of like the legacy of who right. Candyman was. Like as soon as like the title card appeared for at the beginning of the movie, there's a, there's a round of applause. And then people, oh, nice. yeah, people were clapping during the Halloween kills trailer. So you could just tell it was just a, yeah. a, a horror movie crowd. Awesome. Yeah. I loved it. I so, wish I had that. <laughs> it was an awesome screening. I, I, I really liked the movie, but I want to see it a couple more times. Sure. Um, I can't say I loved it as much as the original, obviously, but that's like, that's a hard thing to compare it to because it's such a classic and i've been watching it for like 15 years yeah um but i'm but i really really appreciate all the the social commentary i think Candyman as a character is sadly more relevant in america now than than ever um it sucks that that this stuff that this character has to exist as a metaphor for this in general right it, it sucks that this stuff keeps happening like it's fucking heartbreaking and but like I, I love the direction of kind of blowing out the mythology and having him be like this, you know, this bit, this like hive of people as opposed to just one person. But at the end of the day, you know, Daniel Robitaille, I guess, is like the original one, right? He's the most powerful. Yeah, I mean, he's not. I think he, <laughs> they, he had like the most like involved backstory where it's like they were just, I mean, everyone had a really cruel backstory, but his was like the bees and the hook and lighting yeah, it on fire. He got, he got fucked up. <laughs> That's and for I, sure. I mean, like uh, the William character even says, like a pain like that lasts forever. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, Candy, yeah, Candyman is is timeless. He's like a cycle, you know. So yep. that's a really interesting way to look at it instead of just like one person. So for you know, even though uh, I like I've seen criticisms of this movie saying it's a bit overstuffed, that it's a little uh, slow to start. 
that it's maybe a little clunky in some areas with the script, which I agree with, but yeah. I think for the most part, it's a really solid update to the, to the, to the world of Candyman. And I think it's a really welcome uh, entry into the series, considering how much the last one sucked. <laughs> it went like straight to video like they were just like we don't even give a shit at this point so yeah. it's nice to see Candyman be told from black storytellers and sure. to have uh people who actually give a shit about the character doing it you know like right. i love that it's the same thing with michael myers like it feels like these franchises finally landed with people that are doing him justice cool yeah so uh so what would you rate it nate i give it 8.5 b's nice that's good how about you man so uh i uh, again like you i i you you can't compare it to the original the original was just amazing you know <laughs> like yeah. um but this movie does you know a lot of cool things and it, i i do think it's a good update to that story and um a continuation of it especially with everything you know like you said like everything that's going on in today's world mm-hmm. um so and which which was to be expected because you know it, it it's also a, a jordan peele movie and 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 all them and, and they definitely work all that into their movies and rightly so yeah. um so Candyman is just such a cool story and it's not only a cool story it's a chicago story and i yeah. love that i love that um Me too. I love that I can say, yeah, we're the Candyman city. It's so yeah. so cool. And maybe, uh, maybe one of these days we'll do Stir of Echoes. That's another great Chicago sure. set horror yeah. movie. Yeah, man. So so like I said, I didn't I didn't I didn't love it as much as the original, but it was still a solid film with really cool kills and and um you know I just loved how they showed Candyman throughout the entire movie, where where you're really only seeing him in mirrors and stuff for the most part yeah so cool um and then and then the one time and then you finally you see him in the flesh when it's tony todd at the end is is just awesome yeah so uh i give this movie a 7.5 b that's still pretty solid yeah i think it's, it's important to say too this 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 is just our perspective of the movie and we're saying that as two white dudes and there's so <laughs> there's right. so many great podcasts that i've heard on this movie from people for with just all different backgrounds right so go out and listen to other interviews of the movie because like uh there's so much good stuff out there that i've even seen in just the week since it came out it's just like really awesome conversations happening about uh just like the importance of storytelling yeah, we're just so, two two white guys who like horror films you know that's yeah. our perspective <laughs> right but Candyman has so much as far as like the you know the dynamics that it's talking about and um there's just so much that we can only speak to from our life experiences mm-hmm. so it's i think it's important for people to go out and just experience other perspectives uh on everything because it just yeah. kind of fills in your perspective even yeah. more so yeah, yeah. Candyman. Candyman. I hear you're looking for Candyman, bitch. Oh, is that how we're gonna end it? <laughs> no, no, but you know. Um, I guess I wanted to just do a, a little shout out. Um, to you know, Nate, you and I worked on a film this weekend. Yeah. I'm um, gonna give a little plug to our. Uh, we had a, him on as a guest uh, in season one. Mm-hmm. Uh, our good friend Paul Brooks. 
Uh, we were working on his film over the weekend, Hunting for the Hag. Um, so if you want to check that out on Facebook or Instagram, um, Into the Night Motion Pictures, I believe. I hope I'm not messing that up. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find them on Facebook. Uh, it was a, a long couple nights. It was a uh, fun couple nights. <laughs> but it was a lot of fun. Um, oh, I yeah. got bit up by mosquitoes in the woods. Um, but it was a lot of working with a lot of cool people. So I just wanted to throw a little quick shout out to them. Uh, shout out. So hopefully, uh, you know, in the coming months, we'll see, we'll hear more about that. And I can't wait to see the finished product. So, same, same here. So, yeah, um, that's Candyman. Uh, you know, next week, I think we're going to have a guest. Uh, that's right. I believe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. It's one of my favorites. Break- and a new guest, not a repeat guest. He had never been on the show, but he's a longtime friend of uh, Into yeah. the Void. He's yeah. been on like almost everything we've done. But we're gonna, oh, we're gonna, that. we're gonna keep it secret. Keep we're gonna, secret. we're gonna keep it on the back pedal. But we're gonna yeah. be covering one of our favorite movies, The Devil's Rejects. Ooh. So stay tuned. <laughs> cool. Um, well, if you're still hanging around and we haven't bored you to death, we appreciate it. Don't forget, you can check out all of our films at intothevoidfilms.net. Come back next week. Give us a like. Add us to your podcast playlist. Share us with your favorite people. Stay spooky out there, my friends. This has been Those Who Remain.